Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Pokemon who watch you sleep, but it's not creepy. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including all the weird announcements coming out of that Pokemon business plan presentation. And then on Thursday, we're going to do a little bit more Pokemon to uh, cover the uh, Direct on Wednesday. And then we're also going to be making our E3 predictions. But Mark, in the meantime... How's it going? It's going great. Patrick, what's your general temperature for this Pokemon Direct? Oh. You're hot. Uh, you're running cold. I mean, I'm running about as hot as I can for a Pokemon product, I think. Um, this is a game that I'm going to buy. I'm going to play. Uh, I'll probably enjoy. Uh, but I don't, I don't, any, any time that they're like, we're doing a Direct on one game and it's not like one of like my heart games, I'm kind of checked out. We've been talking... Pretty recently, yeah. Not on this show, just uh, well, because it's not in Nintendo life, related. Right. In yeah. life, we've been talking recently about like Star Wars mm-hmm. and the Star Wars movies, and how there's maybe a little bit too much Star Wars in the world, so they have to rein it back a little bit. Sure. Pokemon seemingly doesn't have this problem because Pokemon is everywhere. Like right. we're inundated with Pokemon, so it kind of makes a new Pokemon game feel less special when there's also like a new Pokemon game seemingly every month. Yeah, well, and we're going to talk about, like, four new Pokemon games later in the show. So, like, yeah, it's, uh, it's the, the uh, dawn of a new Pokemon game is like, okay, add it to the pile. Exactly. Uh, but, hey, I like a Direct. I always like a Direct. It's something to look forward to. Oh, my God, just anything. <laughs> Here's another thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, saving us from the depression of tomorrow. That's right. Patrick's copy of Sonic Forces. My copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. Do you want to temporarily be in possession of it? You can. All you got to do is write into us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com with your mailing address or a mailing address that you would like to see this game go to. And it will go. I will send it. It actually just came back to me today. That's awesome. Um, the this, program works. The program works. Every time I send it off, I don't know that I'm going to see it again. I mean, we cross our fingers. Yeah. We, uh, and it has not failed us yet. No, it's come close a couple, a couple times. Well, we don't know how close it came. Maybe somebody was really enjoying it. Yeah. For like yeah. six months. Possible. That's uh, not possible. Someone forgot about it. Somebody it was in the forgot about their it. car. Yeah. And uh, I can't blame them. Mm-hmm. So you can be a part of that if you like. Just email us with an address and we'll send it. And you don't have to pay for anything. It's all we pay for shipping and return postage. It's uh, the best possible program you could ever participate in. It doesn't really make much sense if you look at it too closely. Right. And if you consider it from our perspective, it makes no sense whatsoever. Why am I still doing this? We've been doing it for like a year and a half. Why? <laughs> um. Mark, a couple weeks ago, we uh, celebrated our 250-ish episode. Happy 250-ish, Patrick. And a belated happy 250-ish to you as well, Mark. Um, And we were answering reader questions, and we did this by printing off a bunch of emails at my nearest uh, FedEx Kinkos. Those jerks. They screwed us. Uh, They didn't print off all the emails that I said to print off. So remember, if you're listening to this show, you are part of the FedEx Kinkos boycott. You are not to use their services unless it's very convenient. Unless you or work, cheap. unless you work there. Mm. In which case, I hope you're getting paid really well so you can bleed them dry from the inside. There we go. It's an inside job. Take them down from the inside. Uh, so to to make up for uh, missing some of your questions, we are answering them uh, as we go here. Uh, today's email comes from Blake. Blake says, uh, "Hi, Pat, uh, Mark, and Patrick. Not Patrick and Mark. Got the order flipped there." <laughs> He says, so a few questions. <clears throat> uh, if you knew your time was up and you had to pick your last meal on Earth, what would it be? Last meal on Earth, Mark. Um, I think I'm going with some good old-fashioned pot roast, mashed potatoes. Oh, yeah. Doing like a, like a, uh, yeah. Yeah, another, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm going to do up a yeah real good. Well, uh, I think last week... In this segment, mm-hmm. the listener asked us what our favorite meals are. What, like, our, favorite what our favorite place, place to, to eat. eat. Yes. 
and this is kind of adjacent to that because if I knew my time was up, I would of course want my mom. Right, you want your mom to, there to make me a pot roast if she wants to. I mean, I don't want to force her to. I right. don't want her to feel like right. because I'm my time is up, uh, which I assume is a euphemism for death. But I don't want her to feel oh, like. Oh, sure, you're just like you're not about to be like escorted out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. There's not going to be a big like. Excuse me, sir, your time is up. <laughs> um, if I would like her to make that for me, but I don't want her to feel like she has to, and if like she didn't, she'd be. Um, squashing my like final wish, right? Uh, but but you think you would want to go for like a meal and not just like, because like there's a there's a component here where I I don't eat meat and part of that is like for health reasons and just like I think it's a more responsible choice for like the planet. Um, but like, would I want to have a hamburger? Like maybe, maybe I'd want to have a hamburger. Oh, so you're saying like, would I rather just have like a bucket full of churros? Yeah, like what is going to make you happy before you die? And you know that you're not going to experience the physical consequences of eating this meal. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Well, maybe it'd be a bucket full of churros. Yeah, might be a bucket full of churros and it might be, uh, you know, a shopping cart full of M&Ms. Like, who knows? <laughs> uh, second question. Uh, one of these has to go. What do you choose? So there are three things here. Uh, number one, Reese's peanut butter cups. Number two, coffee. Number three, Taco Bell. I could, honestly, I could live without Taco Bell and I could live without coffee. But you try to take me my Reese's peanut butter cups uh-huh. and that would be challenging. Uh, I can't get rid of coffee. I cannot. Um, would you like to, but you know that No, like- not really. It's, it, there's not... There are very few situations that I'm in where I'm like, I need coffee, and then I can't get it. Like, coffee is everywhere. <laughs> and if you spend time with anyone, and you're like, I need to get a cup of coffee, no one's like, really? <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, let's get some coffee. Uh, so coffee stays. Uh, Taco Bell, again, I don't, I'm not really eating meat. So uh, a lot of, I know you can like substitute uh, beans uh, for any of the, the meat, but it's not really the same thing. Uh, so I sort of let Taco Bell go a long time ago. So I'll, I'll say Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. And also that means that we can live in each other's worlds, right? Yeah, that's right. Perfect. Um, and then question number three, what is love? Hmm. Uh, ooh, I don't know. I was going to like try to answer like with something like really profound, but here's the thing. Not a profound thinker. No. Well, and here's the uh, love is frequently not profound, right? Mm, it very is true. It is uh, like being comfortable or happy with the not profound things in life mm-hmm. uh, in, in a lot of ways, right? Like um, knowing that you can just like hang out with someone and not uh, have to speak with them, not have to entertain them, and they don't have to entertain you. Um, I feel like that's a lot of it. And it's like it's just like a mundane like just be comfortable with another human being, which is so hard. It is really hard. Um, you know what? Love definitely isn't. Love is not never having to say you're sorry. It's true. We should be apologizing to each other when we've wronged each other. Absolutely, Patrick. You know what? I think by not being profound, you ended up being really profound, kind of like a Ziggy comic. <laughs> Now you are lying to yourself if you think Ziggy is not trying to be profound. <laughs> uh, uh, Blake concludes his email by saying, "Thanks, guys, for a great podcast. I, and I always hope that you don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. So, what is love, baby? Don't hurt me. I get it. That's what we should have done. Thank you, Blake, for writing in. Apologies for getting to it like a month after the fact. Okay, Mark, this is enough screwing around. Let's get into what we've been playing this week." Resident Evil 4. Yeah. I don't really have much to say on it other than I'm like a little further into the game. I'm like in the castle. Um, and I do think the game starts getting less and less good. The castle is basically like the lab yeah. of every other Resident Evil game. <laughs> where you Mark know, is on the record as not as soon as we get to a lab, Resident Evil becomes less fun. Well, I think what it is, and it's the problem with any like mystery narrative really or the vast majority of them. It's just that like the fun in those kind of stories are just like the tension of yeah. not knowing. And once they try they have to like explain their world and you see like the human machinations behind 
the things that are going on. It just like grounds it a little bit too much, so it's not really spooky anymore. Yeah. But there's still one of like the best set pieces in that entire game that I haven't gotten to yet, which is like the minecart. Sequence. Oh yeah, the minecarts in there. So that's still coming up. So but there's still like got, good stuff. You've but... also got that sequence where like Ashley is uh like up and she's like on some like balconies and there are like guys coming at her and you can only like snipe. Yeah, I'm already dreading that moment. I hate that part of the game. <laughs> um, I had a, a little flash when you were talking about uh, uh about about this game. Are there really gigantic characters called El Gigante? Yes. Uh, and they refer to them as, like, the El Gigante, right? I believe so. So, the, the Giants? Uh-huh. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, I have been playing, uh, I continue my Picross, uh, up, a new Picross obsession. So, I'm playing Pokemon Picross. I'm also playing the uh, Zelda Twilight Princess Picross. Is this also on 3DS? This is also on 3DS. Um, and this is a free game that you can get with just platinum points. Uh, no, yes, platinum points are the ones that aren't the ones that are in They're use. like the usually the garbage ones. So yeah. that's amazing that you can get this for free. Yeah, it's like 800 platinum points. Um, and I didn't have that many platinum points when I saw that this thing was uh, available. So I was like, what do I need to do? What kinds of dumb rewards can I collect? So I went straight to the Super Mario Party website and clicked on four hidden toadettes or whatever <laughs> and got like 200 points that way. Um, so yeah, it's, and, uh, it's great. Um, I'm really enjoying the Zelda Twilight Princess, um, Picross. Is, is it like just the same as Pokemon Picross and no, stuff? You're so, making like Zelda things? Cause Pokemon Picross has like a Pokemon component. Yes. So Pokemon, uh, Picross, um, when you set your party of Pokemon, it infers like different bonuses for you as you go into the puzzles. So some of that will be like it, it clears or like it reveals squares to you and uh, like a diamond shape and a square shape and a cross. Um, and sometimes it'll do a thing where um, it'll highlight numbers in blue that it, it knows you can reveal or like that it knows that you have enough information to start filling stuff in um, and s- stuff like that. Uh, in the Zelda Picross, and I'm presuming in other versions of Picross, some of those features are just standard. Mm-hmm. Like that blue number thing that I was just talking about. That's something that the game normally offers you, which is, you know, n- a nice, like, helpful way to just sort of, like, guide your eye around. And, what makes it specifically Twilight Princess? Uh, because all of the pictures are, um, well, I guess it's more just generically Zelda, but it, it is... Uh, I think it was released around the, uh, the same time as the Twilight Princess HD remake on the Wii U. Um, so, you know, like a lot of the puzzles it, were like, oh, this one is a, uh, you know, Wolf Link or this one's Midna. And Midna is like the sort of tutorial voice throughout it. Um, and all the sound effects are Zelda related and, uh, you know, all, all that. So it's it's great. Uh, it's got um, uh, Mega Picross. It's got... Uh, my, min, like the zoomed in Picross where you're like doing one giant one um, and like just uh, 20 by 20 square at a time or 10 by 10 maybe um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm loving that I am also uh, playing Super Mario Run but I'm only doing this in uh, uh, an effort to get more platinum points because I want to use 400 platinum points to get 40% off of uh, Picross 3D2 on the 3DS because that's a good deal. Um, and a uh, shout out to James, who emailed us about both uh, the Twilight Princess Picross and this deal, and also to at Juno2030 on Twitter, who did the same. So thank you, everyone, for looking out for my new Picross obsession. <laughs> I appreciate it so much. And if people want to keep offering me guidance on like which ones to play next and what are your favorites, um, I am happy to hear it. All right, Mark, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next <clears throat> next week. Today, June 4th, is I think the last big 3DS release that we know about. Wow. Persona Q2, a new Cinema Labyrinth, is released for the 3DS. Um, do you have any interest in this? Um, I don't think so. For two reasons. It's uh, like an Etrian Odyssey-esque dungeon crawler, um, which I where you have to like draw your own map yeah. on the bottom screen, which I just think I would be terrible at. I just don't have the patience for. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of work. And I, I just don't know that much about Persona. So having the 
characters from different Persona franchises all together doesn't doesn't really mean anything for me. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, um, and so we we saw the uh, the new Godzilla movie this weekend. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, and yeah, we didn't care for it. Um, but I guess one of the things that the movie does uh, is that the score references all of like the um, original music that's associated with all of those monsters. Um, which is probably really cool for fans of it, uh, but for someone like me who just didn't even hear it, um, you know, it doesn't matter. And I feel like uh, this Persona Q2 would be the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would see these characters that other people would be like, hey, it's whatever. And I would just be like, that's a, a Japanese boy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, and then that's basically all that we have of, of interest coming out this week. Uh, it, it makes sense, like, going into the week of E3, right? Yeah, it, it just seems kind of like a quieter time in general. Yes. The calm before the storm. Before the storm. All right, uh, Mark, let's get out of the new releases. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, we will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, because Robert Pattinson has been announced as the new Batman, we thought it would be a a good time to talk about, well, what do we even want in a new Batman movie? Uh, Which is a good question, because, like, what is... What you know, Batman has been a couple different things, right? Right, like what territory is left to be mined? Like what, like or let's say, let's mm. even if you are going to pitch a new trilogy of Batman movies, what would like your take be? Oh, that's tough. Cause I think I I I would think that if here's what I'm gonna say is that I would be working to build a Gotham and a Bat family that. Like, what Batman is, is uh, maybe a little bit too played out, maybe a little bit too, uh, you know, we've explored that territory in film. Um, and if we want to, look, maybe there's too many Star Warses, but there's not enough Batman movies. <laughs> uh, you know, just, just to, like, build out the Batman universe. So, like, uh, right towards, you know, start with a Robin, uh, and then let's get him into the Nightwing role by, like, the second movie. Um and, you know, maybe even let's follow some of the uh, groundwork laid by Grant Morrison and uh, get to a place where we can kill Bruce Wayne, have Dick become Batman. Um, I want Damien. I want to see Damien in a live action movie. Damien Wayne Robin is my favorite Robin. I love that little jerk. <laughs> um, so th- those are, the, I think, the, the kinds of things that I would build towards is uh, a full Bat family and a, a Gotham that is uh, like real and worth exploring yeah that would be really cool because we uh all the movies seem to be like embarrassed of the bat family yeah um you know we had robin in forever and batman and robin yep but it was such like one specific take on what like the batman robin relationship is yeah and not even like an interesting take really no and i mean and a Batgirl of a fashion is in uh, the last of those. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, the last of the Schumacher movies. But like Schumacher, 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 Schumacher. I was right. How did I second guess that? <laughs> um, but like you know, it would be great to see like a real Barbara Gordon Batgirl, mm-hmm. um, and even a, a movie come out of that. Like the, this is all. There's there's so much like rich uh, ground to be mined there that it's it's crazy that they haven't. I also think it would... Oh, so go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, uh, I would like to see kind of like a more gonzo take on what Batman could be. Okay. In the sense that I would love to see a Batman movie that obviously is like self-contained and a, you know not like str- uh, s- really like stressing itself out about building out an expanded universe. Sure. But... The opposite of what I just said. <laughs> no, no. But they could <laughs> move into... Um, like I'd like to see... Uh, like Gotham by Gaslight or whatever yeah. that series was called. Yeah. Like something totally. like that where it's like, okay, yeah, let's have Batman go back in time. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know what? That that would be great. And you could also do that as part of like the Grant Morrison style like Batman. Because like the period where Batman dies, he's uh or Bruce Wayne dies, he's tripping through history. Like you could make that into like a series of like three other Batman movies. They could all be different actors and they could all be like different high concept Batman things. And also the world is ready for that. Thank you, Spider-Verse. Right? Totally, absolutely. Um yeah, and then just like get more like genres of weird stuff. I want to see uh, Caveman Batman fighting the you know Miyagani tribe. I want to see Batman on the high seas. Gotham by Gaslight is perfect. Um, that's not the vampire one, right? That's the, like the steampunk one. Uh, I think it's the steampunk one because there's also one where Batman's a vampire. And I also think that uh, you know with the ever expanding world cinema marketplace, yeah, that there is a room for like. Batman Inc. Totally. Batman Incorporated. Yeah. I 100% would want to see Batmans from around the world, which is a, a concept that I feel like DC, even in the comics, hasn't really been good at following up on. Like, we had Batwing for a while and um, uh, Knight and Squire, um, but like... Oop, uh, that recording had no applause. <laughs> so I guess we'll never know. Uh, but we were accompanied today by the music department workshop at UMass Dartmouth as con- conducted by Joe Estrada. Uh, guys, get some, uh, get some applause on the end of that. We don't know when it's over. I feel like the segment's ruined. <laughs> All right, let's get into the news. All right, first up, uh, last week the Pokemon Company held a business a business presentation called the Pokemon Business Strategy Announcement. Yeah, Mark's tripping up because in in the news here I wrote it is a bizarre presentation because it is weird. It was a, it was a long like a, a half hour 45 minute presentation um hosted by people um and uh broadcast in three languages at once um and just has that sort of like weird halting uh rhythm of a japanese press conference business press conference but they did announce a bunch of new things Mm -hmm. um like patrick mentioned all the announcements were made in japanese english and in chinese which is notable because we've seen pokemon and really like nintendo in general put a lot more emphasis on the chinese market as of late and this is just continuing to reinforce the fact that that is a seen as a huge growth market obviously for these companies yeah and as a priority for them for the Pokemon company. We also learned that Hiro Matsuoka of the Toho Corporation has become a member of the Pokemon board and handled, and the Toho company handled Japanese distribution of the Detective Pikachu movie. Uh, Toho is the company now that owns the rights to uh, Godzilla? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So he also made a a little plug for uh, the new Godzilla movie, which again, Mark and I saw and didn't like. Um, And... Uh, was was clearly an unscripted moment <laughs> that they had to like go back and be like, well, I don't know why that happened, <laughs> but it was cute. Um, and it's uh, I guess nice to know that uh, you know whatever Pokemon movies come out in the future have some real like distribution juice behind them. Some version of Detective Pikachu the game is coming to Switch. There we go. They mentioned that the 3DS version ended on kind of a cliffhanger, and that this new maybe game. A new version of the game. It's kind of unclear to me whether this is a new Switch game or if it's the 3DS game with some maybe new content. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is totally unclear what this is. They say that they're going to wrap up, or they're they're going to give a a real ending to Detective Pikachu in a game on Switch. So either that's Detective Pikachu two, or it's just like Detective Pikachu DX. Um, or maybe both. Like, who knows? This like, could be anything. <laughs> a real ending meaning, like, to resolve the cliffhanger yes. left by the first game. But also meaning uh, as different from the ending of the movie. Mm. So there's a lot going on here, uh, and we don't, we don't know when or what the game is going to be like. Uh, but place your bets now, I bet he dies. That's oh. how they resolve it. Because it's the ultimate resolution. Sure. No sequels from that. New Pokemon centers are opening in Shanghai and Shibuya. Mm-hmm. Those are like uh, big old Pokemon stores. Big old Pokemon stores. They showed some conceptual videos, and it basically looks like a Disneyland gift shop. Yeah, it's a pretty crappy video, too. <laughs> like, it was some low-poly rendering. But, like, yeah, it looks like when you walk into the uh, you know Star Wars gift shop um, in Tomorrowland, where it's, like, 
you know, big open space and Star I'm, Traders, Mickey Star Traders. You're is right, what it's Mickey called. Star Traders is yeah. correct. Um, but like there, there was also like a, a big vat in the middle of it that has a, uh, a a Mewtwo in it. So like it's got some sort of like theme parky kind of like the Disney stores in the late '80s, early '90s. Yeah, vats filled with Mewtwo's. Pokemon is partnering with NetEase to release the first official Pokemon game in China, Pokemon Quest. It's called Pokemon Quest China, and it'll include social features and PvP. Yeah, which is uh, interesting that they're like adding new uh, gameplay modes and mechanics uh, to, be, to release this game in China. Junichi Masuda of Game Freak announced Pokemon Home, a cloud-based service which looks basically to be replacing Pokemon Bank mm-hmm. in the future. So it's like a hub for all of your Pokemon. You can transfer Pokemon from uh, Pokemon Bank on 3DS, from the Let's Go games on Switch, and from Pokemon Go on mobile. Then they live in the cloud. They live in the cloud. And eventually you'll be able to transfer those Pokemon to Sword and Shield. And Sword and Shield Pokemon can go back into the bank, but or into home, sorry. Um, but not back to any of the original places uh, that, that they came from. Which makes sense. Yeah. And I think what we're seeing here is that they've just come up with like a cloud-based solution moving forward. So instead of having to like bring Pokemon Bank to the Switch or Pokemon Bank, you know, yeah, like... Yeah, but I, I'm, al- just... I'm also kind of like, why don't they just do that? Like, this sounds like it's just Pokemon Bank 2. And maybe, you know, they, they, they talked a little bit more about it that... Uh, um. Uh, that you'll be able to trade with people globally online, with friends locally, or with a bunch of people nearby. Um, uh, and they said that the the bunch of people nearby was a, a feature that they were hoping to implement. Um, and they called it, quote, a place where Pokemon can gather. So I wonder if it's going to be a little bit more, like, feature-y, or if like, you're going to be able to like, walk around and see your Pokemon in it, or, or something. Um, instead of because Pokemon Bank is really just like a list of you, the Pokemon that you saved from previous games. There's something a little bit like that. Uh, what you were describing in Pokemon Let's Go. Uh huh. I think it's called Pokemon Safari. Yeah. And it's where your Pokemon from Pokemon Go, when you transfer them from the phone to Let's Go, they that's where they live and where you can see them. Yeah. And so yeah, I wonder if they are just kind of elaborating on that idea with. Uh, what is this called? Pokemon Home. Yeah. Well, and I think that like that makes sense as a product to me because I I know that you know there are a lot of different ways to interact with Pokemon um, as as a franchise and with individual Pokemon. But like if you catch a if you catch something in you know Sun and Moon or Sword and Shield or Go, um, you can really only you know make it fight. You can evolve it. You know, it, you can like pet its head. You know, in in some of the games, and just to to have a place where you can like virtually run around, uh, or you can treat it like a pet in some way, is at least you know kind of interesting. So this isn't coming until twenty twenty. So after Sword and Shield releases, which I think is a trend that we've seen with other like correct, Pokemon yeah. things, and I think it makes sense because as soon as you get Sword and Shield, they don't want you to take your like high level Pokemon from the low, low, low region, right. and just immediately put them into the game. So it makes sense to have it Sword and Shield be out for a while, make you do your own thing, like start a new adventure, Before and then later them, yeah. you can like import all your heavies. Uh, and th- that is also a trend, that um, like uh, Sword and Shield wasn't Pokemon Bank um, compatible when it uh, came out. Sun and Moon? Sun and Moon is correct. Um, was not uh, Pokemon Bank compatible when it first came out. And I think even... Um, when they did the re-releases of uh, Red, Blue, and Yellow um, a couple years ago, that they were also not compatible when they came out, but eventually they were. So that that's very cool to me, that you'll be able to take your Squirtle from Pokemon Blue uh, and put him up into Bank, and then transfer him from Bank to Home, and then bring him into Sword and Shield eventually. That's so cool! <laughs> they also announced Pokemon Sleep coming for 2020, which is maybe an extension of Pokemon Go. It's not clear what this is exactly. Yeah, I don't entirely understand it. It's developed by Select Button, who made the Magikarp jump game. Mm-hmm. It attempts to gamify sleep. Yeah, which is not, which is a disconcerning Orwellian development. 
that now um, you know, the Pokemon get, a company is going to own the way you sleep. Well, I mean, a lot of apps How you sleep. and, you know, like the Apple Watch, yeah. any like fitness device tracks your sleep because obviously sleep is a part of wellness and a, a lot of companies are getting into yeah being like more part of your life and encouraging a healthy lifestyle and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think there's anything like specifically weird about it. I mean, it just it the, it begs the question of like, okay, well, when when is it gonna be Pokemon crap? And it like measures your bowel movements, and it's like, oh, you're eating well, so the Pokemon's happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's there's some like aspects of uh like sleep feels personal to me and like intimate in a way that I'm like, I don't know that I want this to be a game. <laughs> I don't know. It 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 icks me out a little bit. Yeah, no, I totally I can appreciate that. I think you're going to have a tough time living in the world in the coming like the next 50 years. I mean, probably. <laughs> um they also announced a Pokemon Go Plus. It's a peripheral that tracks sleep. No, Mark, it is a Pokemon Go Plus Plus. You're going to have to explain this to me. Okay, so uh, Pokemon, like the word Pokemon, Go, mm-hmm. the word plus and then a plus sign is what this product is called. Pokemon Go Plus Plus. So Pokemon Go Plus must already be an existing thing. So Pokemon, yeah. Yeah, so the Pokemon Go Plus is the, uh, like, little, um, like, location oh, like, tag thing that, like, you could play Pokemon Go with uh, without having a pedometer? phone. I, I think it had pedometer. Uh, I think it did count your steps. Um but like you also put Pokemon in it to like take them. Did you wear it on your wrist? I think you could wear it on okay. your wrist. Yeah, I mean, and it looks like one of those little location markers, uh, like on on Google Maps, right? I see. Um, and the Pokemon Go Plus Plus is uh, has all that same functionality. You can still uh, put your Pokemon in it and take it for a walk uh, and play Pokemon Go without draining your phone battery. Um, but this also has an accelerometer in it that you that reads how well you're sleeping because <clears throat> it's just resting on your bed there and spying on you or something. I understand. So it's an advanced version yes. of Pokemon Go Plus. Hence the name Pokemon, Pokemon Go, Go Plus, Plus, Plus Plus. Yeah. I love it. Uh, hey, also, there are a bunch more Snorlaxes in Pokemon Go right now. So uh, you can catch them before they wake up. Yeah, great. Cute. Cute. Love it. Uh, Pokemon Masters being made with DNA. So this is probably the Pokemon game that we were talking about about a month ago at this point, that we knew DNA was working on a new Pokemon game. Yes. We didn't know what it was, but now we do. It's Pokemon Masters, a mobile game featuring all of the gym leaders from throughout the series that it seems like you'll get in some sort of, like, gotcha or, um, like, Fire Emblem Heroes type way. Yeah, totally. Uh, And they're all accompanied by, you know, their signature Pokemon, and you make them battle each other, and blah, 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 blah. And not part of the presentation, but the Pokemon company revealed that their profits are up 50% from the previous year, uh, from 81 million to 124 million, which I've got to say, not as big of a company as I thought it was. Uh, yeah. Like, 124 million is obviously nothing to scoff at. Right. I mean, like, like it's, a, it's about to... as much money as this show makes. <laughs> uh, but. Like in the grand scheme of things, not compared to like other companies. Sure. Just doesn't seem that It's not EA. Yeah. Yeah. Marvel Games VP and creative director Bill Roseman was interviewed on an episode of the Game Informer show. And he spoke a little bit about how they selected characters. Did I, I, I don't, I think I skipped words in this sentence. And so like when I said a little bit, Mm. it just kind of all like ran together. Like I was singing that song from. Um, my fair lady. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Do you want? Do you want to take it again from the top? <laughs> Shall I? <laughs> Marvel Games VP and Creative Director Bill Roseman was interviewed on an episode of the Game Informer show, and he spoke a little bit about how they selected characters for the roster of Marvel Ultimate Alliance Three. Perfect. <laughs> By George, he's got it. Uh, he said, "Quote: It all comes down to gameplay and story." And we want to look to the past and be true to the experience, but also look ahead to what's happening now in Marvel and looking ahead to what's coming from Marvel. It, is, it was really balancing all of that. What characters were in the game in the past that people really liked? What characters are rising stars now in Marvel? What are some new characters that have never been in the game that are going to be really fun to play? And what opportunity do we have to introduce gamers to some new characters they may not know about? And also gameplay. 
how the characters worked by themselves, how they work w- when they combine together in twos and threes and fours, then overall for the story, what really cool story additions. At the end of the day, what can we really smash together that you won't expect to see? X-Men with Guardians of the Galaxy? What? What? He says, even though famously uh, Kitty Pride did date Star-Lord for a little while in the comics. Duh. Duh. <laughs> Duh, Roseman. <laughs> Uh, which, uh, you know, it's, um, it's interesting to, and, you know, he's probably trained to, uh, not give the answer of like, oh, we're going to put characters in this that are relevant to the movies we can make. Um, but, uh, yeah, that obviously they're taking all things into consideration when, uh, making this roster. Uh, Mark, who, uh, Marvel, dream Marvel character, who do you want in Ultimate Alliance 3? Ooh, ooh, um, hard because like, it has to be. I assume a hero, so you can play with them. But I, I just really want to control Doctor Doom in a game. Yeah, that would be great. I don't know Man. what his powers would be necessarily. I mean, he's just like mean and snarky all the up. time. Oh yeah, true that too. He'd have all the technology and all the uh, magic because he's a skilled wizard. I want to see Squirrel Girl in this thing. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> uh, Roseman was also asked if this partnership with Nintendo meant that we could ever see Marvel characters in Smash Brothers. He was interested, but ultimately said the decision, quote, would not fall in his hands, end quote. Which is duh, right? Which is dumb? Duh. Oh, duh. Yes. Like, yes, that's... Yes. Uh, like, it would, no, you're never going to see a Marvel character in Super Smash Brothers. Uh, this re- speaking of superhero stuff, this reminds me a little bit of those clickbait articles you see that are like, uh, so-and-so said they would love to play yes. X, yeah, totally. you know, character. It's like, yeah, no actor really is ever going to be like, no, I never want to have that role. Nobody talk to me about it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, yeah, here's something that we maybe can be excited about. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, tell me about it, but I'm not, I'm not excited. <laughs> There's a new VR mode <laughs> for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Using the Labo VR kit, you can like strap on your VR goggles, and by strap on, you, you cannot hold them to your head. You cannot strap you can it hold on. them up to your head. There is no strap. Uh, to watch <laughs> CPU battles, you can participate in one-player versus CPU battles, and it was a little unclear to me. Maybe you can pl- do, like, a match with four people if, like, you know, like, four people have switches in the room. Local play, multiplayer, I think you can do in this way. I mean, this sounds like a nightmare, because you're playing the game like held up to your face yes okay all also right. lots but not all of the stages are supported and you can't use all the stages right okay so like uh mr game and watches stage they're like eh, not worth it i'm gonna guess that it's the ones that like travel a bunch <laughs> yeah yeah sure that like, are, like those those zero ones yeah. right because the way that it seems to work is that they like just anchor you in the middle of the stage mm-hmm. um and you can just kind of like pivot left and right uh moving your switch back and forth so yeah, I'm guessing the ones where I, I can't like I think there's like a Zelda one where it's like you start on a boat and then you're in the air and then you're yeah sure like because you know they're obviously cheating a, a lot of that like it's not a infinitely <laughs> sprawling physical space that the, the stage actually moves through so yeah that that makes sense I think it's interesting that they continue to add first party support mm-hmm. for Labo VR it's not something that I'm particularly interested in no but I'm glad it and exists. you have one I do. I did, do. Did you find a place to it's put all, it in your house? Uh, I mean, technically. <laughs> the garbage. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I didn't. I, throw I, it I don't mean to be so negative. No, I didn't throw it away. Uh, if you have purchased but not downloaded any episodes of Minecraft Story Mode, you should get those downloaded to your Switch or Wii U ASAP. After June 25th, all episodes will be pulled from stores full stop. Uh, yeah, so get on that if you, you know, picked up the episode one and we're like oh i should subscribe to this because i had a good time this is part of minecraft story mode developer telltale games going out of business earlier this year i'm kind of surprised that it's come to this i guess i was expecting that some company would swoop in and just pick up the rights to those games everything well or even just like like minecraft is such a huge franchise that you think that i don't know what like microsoft would bail them out no or even like uh uh what's the like thq nordic yeah. Or something. Because they're all about just like scavenging licenses. Well, I mean, I, I wonder if uh, like anyone else would really be able to distribute it outside of Microsoft, right? Like, because Microsoft owns Minecraft. Right. Um, so, yeah, you're right. I don't know what the licensing deal yeah. for that specifically is, for sure. Um, but, and then, you know, Skybound Games rescued uh, The Walking Dead 
and you know they're releasing um uh physical uh packages that are like the entire series of the walking dead um so like i think where there are um people who are interested they'll pick up like the individual licenses but you know i i think stuff like minecraft story mode and like uh you know the fables wolf among us um and you know like the old back to the future stuff like it's all just going to disappear yeah that makes sense bandai namco has been bringing a lot of its games to switch but one notable holdout is code vein the upcoming dark souls-esque anime rpg okay in an interview with GameSpot, producer akita izuka if you know how that's actually pronounced let me know don't you dare do that. But email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Gmail. Tease the possibility of the game coming to Switch in the future, saying, quote, We are focusing on development for PS4, Steam, and Xbox One, but as far as the possibility of porting to Switch or the Epic Game Store, there might be a possibility down the line. We can't really say for sure at this point. I think it's coming. Huh. Yeah, I think they're you just think like, I think they're just waiting. They want people to double dip. So they'll yeah, release perfect. it on the, the original platforms it was announced for. Six months later, a year later, it comes out on Switch. Try to, like, milk those cells a little bit. Does it feel weird to you that, and this is, you know, speaking outside of our realm of expertise, but that the development process would be different for the Epic Game Store than it is for Steam? I wonder if it's right. I mean, maybe it's you. they have to build up more social features because I know a lot of games on Steam use steam's built-in social features like matchmaking and uh chat and stuff like that um and i know that the epic game store is a little bit more feature bare in that regard so i wonder if that's it but yeah, mostly it's know. like it's just running on computers well the thing that's interesting is that in the GameSpot article yes that published this interview the part where he talks about or the epic game store is in brackets mm. which you know, is an indication that the editor changed whatever that was to like simplify it or to make it like, uh, how would you describe that? Because usually you see that a lot when they're changing like the tense yes. of the quote. Right. Or um, ch- changing the tense or like changing pronouns or something. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm curious as to what that originally said. Yeah. Well, we'll never know. <laughs> we really won't. We will absolutely never know. Um, Celeste developer Matt Thorson announced on Twitter that Celeste will be receiving over 100 additional levels as part of the Chapter 9 DLC. Wow. No release date yet. They've also promised that it's going to be incredibly difficult, so I don't think I will ever play it. But uh, no B-sides and no strawberries to collect. New items and mechanics, though. Um, but new items and mechanics, you're going to at least go check it out, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, a few months or weeks ago... What is time anymore? Anyway, <laughs> uh, Skybound Games and Beamdog announced some classic computer RPGs would be coming to Switch later this year. We know that Baldur's Gate. We now know that Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate Two, Planescape Torment, and Icewind Dale are coming September twenty fourth. Neverwinter Nights ships December third in North America, and it'll be forty nine ninety nine physically and presumably digitally for all of these games. Uh, but Neverwinter Nights is it, its own separate package to this, right? So I w- I was not clear on this, but when I was looking up this news item, I it was illuminated for me. Mm. The way that these work is like each individual game is not being released. They're it seems to me that they're being released in like editions. So if you get like the Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition, it comes with Baldur's Gate One, all of its expansions, and then Baldur's Gate Two. Oh, okay. In, like, a single package for 50 bucks. Planescape Torment and Icewind Dale come in a single package for 50 bucks, And then Neverwinter Nights and all of its DLC come in a package for 50 bucks. I don't know if that's also true digitally. I'm assuming it is. That it's, like, you won't be able to buy Baldur's Day 1 or 2. Right. You, just have, you just buy them all together for 50 bucks. Um, Are you interested in... Uh... Uh, computer role-playing CRPGs. Yeah, like uh, these are very like old-school Dungeon and Dragons. Yeah. Um, RPGs. I have played some of these, not all of them. I've never played Planescape Torment, but it is regarded as like one of the best RPGs of all time. Yeah, I think it's it's come up on the show before, and you having represented that, uh, it, it is regarded as one of the the greatest RPGs of all time. Um, I don't know why I have just like a huge block on uh this kind of role-playing game. This, my hesitance, I will probably end up buying one of these, probably the Planescape Torment one, because I haven't played it before. The thing that worries me about it is the same thing, like, 
when you find a mu- musical artist that you really like and so you download their whole discography and you're like where do i even begin here it's too much yeah. at one time yeah that's how i feel about that i feel like a lot of time these collections are for people who have played it in the past and so already know what they like and can yeah, kind totally. of like sift through it it's a little more overwhelming for a newcomer but you know it's i'm gonna give it my best shot because there you i go. love spending money on video games uh so Computer role-playing games, CRPGs. Yes. Japanese role-playing games, JRPGs. Strategy role-playing games, SRPGs. Western role-playing games, just Western role-playing games. Mm -hmm. Or Western RPGs. Why no WRPGs? I mean, we could start that. Here's the thing, and this is uh, something I've complained about on numerous occasions. The, uh, The word for the letter W is almost always longer than the word you are uh like substituting it for so like to say www takes way longer than saying World Wide web right mm-hmm. um uh, or like uh the wwe uh world wrestling wwe world wrestling like you're already there so let's not do it is what i'm saying <laughs> okay so you proposed an idea and you agreed to it uh-huh. and then i said no i don't like it anymore <laughs> Mortal Kombat 11's first set of DLC characters has been announced. They are, you know what? Why don't you say these? Because I don't know who any of these people are. Sure. Um, and it, it's been mostly announced. Um, the, the the four that have been announced are Shang Tsung, who we already knew about, um, Sindel, Nightwolf, and Spawn. You know, from Spawn. Everybody's favorite favorite John Leguizamo movie. That's right. Second favorite for me after Romeo plus Juliet. <laughs> um. So, uh, Shang Tsung uh, is being performed by, um, like, it's motion capture uh, by Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa, who is the actor who played him in the 1995 Mortal Kombat movie, which is pretty cool. Um, And Spawn is being voiced by um, the the actor's name, Keith David, uh, who is also playing, or plays Spawn in the HBO uh, animated series, which I didn't know existed. Did they ever make a Spawn, the Spawn reboot that they were threatening for a long time? Has that already come out? The movie? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Right? I wasn't right. That's the thing is I really don't know. It feels like one of those Hellboy situations where yeah. it may have come out and bombed. Right. Or maybe they just never made it. I don't think they actually made it. Um, I, I always, whenever Spawn like bubbles up to the surface again, a couple of years ago that like the 250th issue of Spawn came out and people were like, oh, Spawn still exists. Um, and I picked it up and read it. I was like, maybe I'll give Spawn a try. And like, no, you still don't like Spawn. Um, but it, it's always confusing to me that it's still a a uh, thing that exists. And Spawn pops up in video games from time to time too. Um, he was in one of like the Soul Calibur games. He may have been in a previous Mortal Kombat. I'm not totally sure. Um, but so this is weird. Uh, it, it spawns in this thing. Uh, the there were two other characters um, that were teased in uh the announcement video and uh, audio clues suggest that it's ash from the evil dead and a terminator of some kind from terminator sure why not um and they're both like weird audio clue clues uh, i didn't really get the the reference to um the evil dead i think it's like a, a chainsaw sound or something but lots of characters use chainsaws so uh, calm down internet um but the uh the music cue at the end of it uh is very close to the Terminator. Dun, 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 dun. So I think that's where people are drawing that conclusion from. I think what I am interested in, because I'm assuming that these DLC characters are woven into the fiction of the world somehow. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Go ahead. No, that was it. Oh, I'm interested you to see, see how, how in like the story. I mean, they're it's like, a, and also term, a Terminator's here. It's a time travel story. A Terminator makes perfect sense. Really, it should only be time travel characters. Marty McFly. And so on. And Peabody and Sherman. <laughs> <laughs> the island from Lost. They're like a buddy <laughs> character. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like a uh, duck hunt dog. Yeah, sure. I mean, Mortal Kombat actually has a, a character that is, uh, in the Mortal Kombat X, um, a character that's like one big hulking guy and like a little one climbing on his back. So the, there's precedent is what I'm saying. Finally... Ladies and gentlemen, we did it. We are one week away from Nintendo's E3 presentation. Oh, my goodness. Um, to add a little spice to your Ooh. Nintendo E3 hype train, GameStop has added 21 untitled SKUs for Nintendo Switch to its system. 21. Now, these could be anything ranging from 
you know, a new Mario Galaxy to like, you know, Pat My Horse 4. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man, I didn't think they'd be able to top the original Pet My Horse trilogy, but they're they're trying to do it. Um speaking of which, <laughs> Pet My Horse 4. Developer Techland, known for Dying Light, uh might have a surprise for Switch later this year. And that's actually a direct quote from Chief Technical Officer. How well uh Rolliter, again, another name I am positive I got wrong, mm-hmm. said literally that in an interview with WCCF Tech. Uh that they may have that switch owners may have a surprise from yes. them. Okay, great. Later this year. Um a Polish website claims the game is Call of Juarez Gunslinger, which was an Ubisoft title from twenty thirteen that Techland acquired the rights to last year. So that'd be super weird. So get your hopes right back down. <laughs> Um, also, something to something to note, uh, a programming note uh, for next week for E3. Um, a, Mark and I are going to uh, the uh, convention. We're going to see a bunch of games and have a lot of fun. Um, but we are also going to be recording a reaction episode to the um, Nintendo Direct. So our normal Tuesday episode will still come out on Tuesday, but it'll be a little bit later in the day so that we can watch this Direct and record something about it before going off to the um, L.A. Convention Center. Um, and I think that's it. Everything else will be the same. Um, all right, Mark, let's get out of the news. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, episode share it somewhere. Uh, you know, Facebook or Twitter, or, you know, just whisper it to your dog. He likes to share things with you. He's a good boy. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. If you want to check out the Facebook page, that is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Apebetty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening. Campfires.